With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to A New Kind of PD, Teaching Channel's podcast where we tackle challenges in education and provide ways to inspire and engage in meaningful professional development. I'm Erica Snyder, Engagement Coordinator for Teaching Channel, coming to you from our location in San Antonio, Texas. This week, we'll be discussing Do the Right Thing with Vesma Reyes, Executive Director of Kuwait America Foundation. We'll explore how this program is changing the lives of students and teachers as it addresses violence in our communities. And as always, we'll close the show with how to inspire PD about this topic in vibrant collaborative ways. Thanks for being here. And if you're listening live, jump into the chat room where we'll be posting links to materials related to today's class is now in session. Hi, everyone, and welcome, Basma and Catherine. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Yeah, I'm really excited to um, learn a lot more about the Do the Right Thing. So, um, Basma, um, welcome. And um, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became Executive Director at the Queen America Foundation, that would be wonderful. Sure. Well, well, thanks for having me, Erica. Um, you know, actually, my my connection with um, uh, Do the Right Thing in the uh, Kuwait America Foundation began um, during the first Gulf War. Um, we, I actually, I was residing residing in Kuwait at the time and um, as you as you know um, Kuwait you know was invaded by Iraq uh, in August, August 2nd 1990 and um, I was living there with my family uh, I I of course stopped working remained in Kuwait um, during the occupation because my mother is of Iraqi origin and um, she couldn't leave Kuwait so I stayed with her and uh, after Kuwait was liberated, um, you know, a few the act, the uh, founding um, directors of the Kuwait America Foundation here in D.C. I had known them in Kuwait, and having grown up in the D.C. area when I was younger, um, my family and I decided to move back afterwards, and. I uh, had offered to volunteer for the Kuwait America Foundation. Um, the Kuwait America Foundation was actually created um, right after the first Gulf War um, as an expression of gratitude to the American people for the sacrifice they made um, to liberate Kuwait. And so I was I was honored to to do anything I could to help this organization um, thrive. And um, then, really, the rest is history. I, I I started volunteering for the organization in 1995, and um, and they asked me to join um, full time um, thereafter. And during that period of time, um, the uh, founding directors um, created the Do the Right program as a pilot program here in Washington DC and it's um, basically an anti-violence program um, targeting um, middle school students asking them to uh, write about their experiences with violence and more importantly um, offer solutions to stopping violence in their communities 
So I was, of course, having experienced violence myself during the first Gulf War, and um, also as a, as a you know as a child um, with with uh, domestic violence. Um, I I had really I I found this to be um, this program somewhat cathartic for myself and and I was very very excited about about helping it grow. So we started in Washington D.C. as I said in 1990 1994. It started in D.C. I joined in '95, and uh, we 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 really saw a reception of like the the uh, middle school middle schools here in the D.C. area were, were very excited about a program like this, and we had about 800 students participate at the time. Um, so since then, we, uh, and, and, you know, with myself and a great team of, um, of uh, staffers here at the Kuwait America Foundation um, and led by a, an amazing board of directors, we were able to take this program um, and expand it nationwide, uh, currently now in 23 cities around the country, and um, in 1996 created the uh, um, an umbrella organization for Do the Right Thing called the National Campaign to Stop Violence. And so, as I said, we are now in 23 cities. Uh, we have had since since its inception nationwide in 1996, we have had one point around 1.9 million students actually participate in class discussions about uh, violence in their communities and what they would do to stop violence in their communities. But to go back to your question, that is how I was got initially involved with with the Kuwait America Foundation. Great, thanks, and and. One of my questions next was about the program itself, and you did give us some history behind it, but can you talk a little bit about sort of the specific program of Do the Right Thing? Like, what's involved with that? Yes. So Do the Right Thing is a uh, basically a writing program. Uh, we don't like to call it a competition or an essay contest. Um, it is a writing program where we ask we go into uh, middle schools around the country and uh, ask students to uh, basically address several questions, one being, how has violence affected my life? Another, what can I do uh, about the violence in my life? And so um, with the help, the wonderful help of uh, volunteers around the nation, we have set up committees uh, around the uh, in within our um, participating jur jurisdictions, and they're all volunteers, uh, committees of community service uh, representatives, business leaders, um, political leaders, and uh, they basically go into the school districts, knowing their cities quite well, and um, ask basically have have the teachers. Uh, introduce the um, this topic into their classrooms first as class discussion, and then ask the students to write about write about their their experiences with violence and offering solutions to stopping violence. Um, it's a 500 word essay, 
and uh, basically they submit the, the writings and then the writings go through at a local level a two-tier judging process. And the writings are not judged by, by, you know, grammar or style. It's really judged by content. You know, what is it that these students are saying? And then we select two uh, student ambassadors from every city, one girl, one boy, and actually invite them to Washington, D.C. every July to represent all of the other um, young students participated in the program that year and it, we, we actually we being the Kuwait America Foundation because we were we were the founding sponsors and are the primary sponsors of this program uh, invite them to DC for four days with their parents their the teacher that actually introduced the program into their classroom um, the school coordinator, whoever coordinated between the school district and our and the chairperson of the committees um, actually come to Washington, D.C. for four days. And there are, we, we basically host a variety of activities for them during those four days, um, whether it be go, taking them to Capitol Hill to meet their district representatives or senators to speak about the program. Um, there is an evening where they understand we, that they're invited by the Kuwaiti ambassador to the embassy to help them better understand the connection between the Kuwait America Foundation and this program. Uh, they go to the Supreme Court. They present their book, and this is such a great honor, and they've been doing this since this national campaign to stop violence was created in 1996. They present their, their book of writings. Um, uh, at the Library of Congress, um, uh, just it, it's yeah, it's really a wonderful opportunity to to give these young people chance. First of all, for them to understand that their words are being heard, and they really can make a difference. And so that this is really what the program's about. You know, we're we're reaching out to these people because you know we when we first created the program, we really we realized that 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 age, you know, the age between 12 and 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 14, 15, it's it's that's sort of the the period of time where you really start to develop you know your own ideas about things and and. I think it's it's a chance. That's the chance to sort of either break the cycle or help help sort of change the way that they look at things, change their outlook. And even though it may seem like there's no hope in their community or with everything that's going on, you know, not just within their communities but around the world with all the violence that's going on, to help them just feel that honestly they can make a difference you know, and, and start moving in a positive direction. Yeah, and we um going to share out to your 20th anniversary video that uh, gives kind of a larger glimpse of the program and what that experience looks like, too. So we'll make sure that we um, put that out yeah. on social media as well with the podcast because I, I found it was really inspirational hearing the kiddo story and um, even a kiddo who became a teacher and is now doing that um, with her own students. So, um, That's so, one of many stories. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about those stories. So how, how, what have you seen with the participation or 
um, the results of, of signing up to be part of this program? Like, how does that benefit the kids, the experiences and stories that you've seen um, with the program in action? Well, it's, I, I've been fortunate enough to be with the organization for 21 years, so I've really, I've watched not only the program grow, but I've been able to see how it really impacts a lot of these these young lives. And, you know, we have, we have, I have three actually, just three um, past participants that come to mind. You know, we have one of our students who participated in Houston in 1998, Tamika Thompson. You know, she, we recently went and, and spoke with her and she had, she really, she said that she was so inspired by her middle school teacher who introduced uh, this program to her at the time, and also her trip, uh, the recognition trip that we host in Washington, D.C. She, you know, said that meeting with all of these government officials made her realize that, that she was being heard, that her voice was being heard, and it inspired her to, to go on with, you know, her life and, and try to help others. Uh, and then we have this wonderful story testimonial from our um, 1996 uh, student participant from Detroit, Zemin, who actually had just uh, immigrated here from, from Iraq, uh, you know, after, after Iraq had experienced a lot of violence itself um, during the war, and she and her family came here for a, a more peaceful life and a better future. And, you know, when, when this program was introduced to her in 1996, she wrote, she wrote a poem, and in her poem basically saying that, you know, she doesn't want violence to affect her life. And then she came to Washington, D.C., and she said that, that she realized after that trip and through this program that she could make a difference. And again, Zemin went on to become a teacher, and actually she was a, one of the, for a couple of years, selected teachers through our program um, just a few years ago. And now Zemin is our chair of the Do the Right Thing uh, program in, in Detroit. And then we, we go on to Chicago. We have uh, one of our, our student participants from 2000, Romina Villasenor, who Again, um, she had had written about an experience she had in her neighborhood in Chicago where she was walking home. She was actually walking home from school with her mother and she'd witnessed a violent crime in her neighborhood. She came to D.C. after coming to D.C. with our program. She, and meeting all of the different participants, uh, do the right thing participants from all the other cities, it helped her reflect on her own on her own city and and start seeing Chicago for what it could be. And then, you know, this this inspired her to go on and and get her her university degree and then now works for a nonprofit which itself helps low income students go to college. So, you know, you just hear about these and these are just one of many experiences and many testimonials from our, our student participants. So it, it really does, you know, it, it, it shows us firsthand how this program makes an impact. And I, I would be remiss not to actually, you know, uh, 
say that that a lot of this is is can be attributed also to to the guiding the guiding force behind both of these organizations. We have Dr. Hassan Al Ibrahim, who is the chairman of the Kuwait America Foundation. He was a former um, educational minister in in Kuwait, and and has always had a passion for helping youth, especially those young people who have been through violent experiences and and basically helping them take all of these experiences and and really forming it into into positive a positive outlook on life and then you have the chairman of the national campaign to stop violence daniel callister who was actually the visionary of the do the right thing program and and really it you know with with their guidance and and all of all of the the unknown soldiers working behind the scenes, we've really helped this program grow. That's great. It's great to hear all the stories and the impact that this is having and the way it continues. Um, It's something that really has an impact on young folks' lives uh, for continuation. So that's great. And also that folks are coming back and able to then express how it impacted their lives to the new folks coming in. Um, I'm going to shift here a little bit to logistics, just as a as a teacher, kind of wanting to hear from you. Like, what does the process look like for a teacher who wants to bring do the right thing to their school? You could talk about that. That'd be great. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, as I had mentioned before, we we have created um, committees uh, in each of our participating cities, and we encourage. Basically, we encourage teachers to contact their local committees. All of that information, of course, first and foremost, I would say, you know, just to make things simpler, uh, teachers can feel free to start with calling uh, calling us um, here at the Kuwait America Foundation and the National Campaign to Stop Violence. And, and that number, if you're calling, Calling outside zero oh nine three four seven four zero. Also, either otherwise, feel free to get on um, dtwt.org or kuwaitamerica.org. Again, um, and we can we can we can put you in touch put the teacher in touch with their local committee. And that really is the process. They would they would show interest. If we're not in their school, then basically it just takes one person to, to, to basically reach out, speak out, and we would, you know, we, we would be more than happy to 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 go to the school. We're if we're not in your city, then that really is, you know, we still want to hear from you. Um, and you can you can see our participating cities on the website. But if we're not in your city, again, still contact us. Uh, and, you know, we may be actually, we're looking now to expand into several more cities. But obviously, like with 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 everything, um, you, you need money to do so. You know, you don't need money to participate as a teacher or as a school, obviously. But you do, in order for us to, you know, um, get the program going within the school district, we need to set up a group of volunteers and we just, you know, they need to at least um, figure out of, of just 
there, there it's it's not much financing one materials and then obviously moving on we do um, honor these students at a local level so once you have city you know schools participating in the program you know we then obviously like to recognize the schools and the participating students again if we're not in your city still reach out to us uh, because like I said we are we are now um, looking to to expand into more cities and our goal here at, at uh, the National Campaign of South Wales and the Quaid America Foundation is to to get get the program in all 50 states. So um, my wonder is coming across thinking about like the content, right? So um, I've taught in, in inner city schools in Chicago and in Charlotte, and um, violence comes up often. And for some teachers and also students, it's a really uncomfortable conversation to have, and it's also one that requires a lot of trust. So when yeah. a teacher and a student are involved in this process, like what sort of resources or, or scaffolding do you have for the teachers so that they feel supported in implementing this type of conversation and, and writing process with their kiddos? We provide, we'll provide the teachers, first of all, with uh, a packet of, of, of guidelines and written materials. And, you know, there is, we have with that, obviously, um, a, a, a consent form that the guardian or parent of the student needs to sign. Um, because, as I said, you know, these, these re, re writings are, are being judged and, and you know, the selected writings are going to be uh, published in local books and, and mm -hmm. uh, we have obviously the national book. So we do want to make sure that the parent or guardian is aware of this and that makes it easier on the teacher as well. Um, but it is, you know, this because it's such a sensitive issue um, with young people and it's often an uncomfortable issue to, to talk about, we we tell really want the teachers to help them um, to help give them sort of this courage you know that that and and help them understand that 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 speak out, standing up uh, and speaking out about violence basically shows displays immense courage and so that in a way you know it's 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 the teacher creating the safe zone and and first as we said you know we do like them before even introducing the the concept of writing about it we do they we do encourage the teachers to talk about it talk about it with your students get their feedback you know this is that that's the first step um, not just to go in and say, all right, you know, I have a class assignment for you, write about violence. No, really, yeah. you know, I mean, you have to engage these young people. And, and we have, for example, and you, um, you will be seeing this, we're actually working on and we're almost finished with um, uh, a short documentary that we've been putting together uh, for the past year, again, about Do the Right Thing. 
and, and we have a segment in there. We went to El Paso, which is one of our participating cities, and went into one of the schools in El Paso, at watching, basically filming uh, our one of our teachers. Uh, it, she's taken the program, and this is what we encourage, and she really is, has customized it for her classroom, and, and she has created different exercises, you know, to help them first feel like this is, you know, this this room is your safe zone. You can speak about this. You can share, you know, and also help them understand that they're not in this alone. You know, she created an exercise where she had basically, uh, she had drawn a line sort of, you know, in the classroom and, and had students standing on one side of the classroom and, and basically said, you know, would, would ask questions and say, you know, whoever's experienced this or witnessed this, please cross that line, go to the other side of the classroom, and then whoever hasn't made that move across the line, you know, raise your hand and show your love. And I watched just, you know, watching the, the raw footage of this, I, I, I was floored because, first of all, I was floored by the amount of students that had been affected or had, had witnessed violence firsthand. And also to see just the support that was in that room for one another. And, and you see what she's doing. So she, she'd been doing this before having them write about you know, the violence, before having them actually participate in the writing program. She, she used our program and our guidelines and she started creating her own exercises within the classroom with these students. And so this is what we encourage. You know, it, it's not just, you know, it's not just a, an activity, you know, like a two hour activity. It's not homework. This is something, this is thought-provoking. This is something that we want you to take and we encourage you to take into your classroom, you know, use it as a foundation and build on this foundation. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's tough content. So making sure that it's a safe environment for the kids to feel like they can express themselves and Absolutely. be safe um, is, is really, I would imagine, like a, a key component to what you have to do with the, the program itself. Absolutely, absolutely, and and you know it. Again, I mean, it really it provides you know this 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 program really it provides the students a voice to share their experiences and their ideas, um, which as you know as we know can be they're very therapeutic and you know cathartic for for these young people. Um, especially if they themselves have been victims of violence. And, and then, you know, to, to, to take it another step forward, it really helps them, uh, you know, helps them understand or, or they, they can do something. They, it gives them a chance to reflect on what they can do to end violence in their own lives, in their schools, in their communities. Yeah, that's really powerful, and it, it seems like such a benefit for young folks. Um, you know, one of the things that we're realizing, and I'm sure you are too, is that we're just we're seeing so many hateful messages right today in the media and through the election, um, and just 
and violence also is very visible um, yeah. to the public, and so which can't, which I, which I imagine can't be good for kids, right? For not having a place to process that and sort of interpret and understand and where they're uh, where they have some agency in that. So how might this work be something that teachers could integrate into their daily practice? I'm thinking about it in the sense, you know, an effort to counter influence this negativity, this this sort of hatefulness that we're we're seeing um, publicized so often and bring more back into the classroom, more agency for the kids to feel like they do have um, a chance to make a difference and to improve conditions that we're currently experiencing. Well, I would, I really, I think the most important thing teachers can do um, today, especially with, with, with what we see now in the media, um, is, is, again, going back to this, this, this concept of standing up. Standing up, meaning you know, not being afraid to go against the grain, not being afraid to, you, you there's negativity, it's, and it's not just with, with what we're seeing and, and hearing in the media now, but, you know, it happens all around us day to day, and I think it's really, again, look beyond, you know, I, I, instead of, I, I, I have to say that, you know, I was very impacted by, and I'm not trying to get political in any way here, but I think she was, she set a great example by saying this, Michelle Obama, in a speech that she made not that long ago, just generally about the campaign, you know, saying, when they go low, you go higher, you know, and, and so it, I think that's a great message to give students in the classroom to say, you know what, no matter what type of negativity you're hearing, no matter, don't, don't go down to that level. It's really the, the basic golden rule, you know, uh, just do, set example, set by example, lead by example, I should say, lead by example. And that was, that was something I was taught actually early on in my career here at the Queen America Foundation. You know, when I was facing my own struggles and challenges at times, I, I remember actually the chairman of the board uh, one day just sat down with me and he said, you know, Bethma, always remember, you know, it's, it's great to speak out. And it's great to speak up, but also lead by example. So I would I would encourage teachers to really, uh, you know, give give the students that that send that message. Give them the the what should I say? Give them give them the example. You know, let let the teacher the teacher is the example in the classroom. You know, you're looking at the teacher to set that example. And encouraging the students to, to you know, move forward and be that example. And so I, I would really that 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 would be my, I think that that's my my number one uh, rule to live by myself. Um, and I've been doing so for for you know for quite a long time, um, most of my adult life. And I think that's honestly the best. Best advice, best advice a teacher could give to, to their students. I think the one thing I'm wondering, and I, you might not have an answer yet, but do you know when that documentary is going to be released? I mean, we uh, obviously, because we focus on video so much, we would love to see footage oh, of what the practices what? look like in action I to, to help you. teachers envision it. Um, yes, the, I mean the document will be available uh, most definitely by January 2017. And we'll be able to find that on your website. Yes.
So thanks for joining us today, Besma. Thank you. you Thank you so much. Yeah. No, it was really informative. Thank you so much. You can find Vespa at the Twitter handle at DTWT Challenge or at Kuwait America. And you can find Catherine at WG Catherine and myself at Snyder underscore Erica on Twitter. Thanks to Paul Tessie's Mad Garage Band Skills for providing our music and the Teaching Channel staff for all of your work getting a new kind of PD up and running. Thanks for our listeners for being here today. And if you like what you hear, head on over to Stitcher or Blog Talk Radio to subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us. We'll see you back here in two weeks. We'll be discussing natural PLCs and networking with the group Moms as Principles. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.